Hello everyone, welcome to Twin Talk. Joy and I are sitting in Joy's closet. I'm on my lunch hour and we've got both dogs in the closet with us. Just thought you might want to know that. But we are going to be discussing Ghost Dogs of the South. It was actually written by a husband and wife team, Randy Russell and Janet Barnett, and they wrote it in 2001. So this is an older book. <laughs> the thought just crossed my mind. Joy, can you imagine writing a book with your husband? No, it would <laughs> never be completed. That's what I was just thinking. I think the very first time we sat down to try to write a book, we'd probably get into a big fight, and that'd be the end of the right, book. Right, so, right. Anyway, so kudos to this husband and wife team Seriously. who wrote this book. We've got a copy of the book sitting here, and it's really cool. Do you remember hmm. me getting this book for you? Yeah, I remember I was really excited, and if you look on the inside cover here... I even put um, a little note in there with my, I have my name on there, and it says from Angie on October 18th of 03. So this must have been a birthday present from you mm -hmm. in 2003. Yeah. And I remember being very excited because, you know, I loved anything to do with, you know, ghost dogs of the South, anything that has to do with the South. I love dogs. So it was per perfect gift. And I'm pretty sure I got that at, like, Books a Million or okay. like that. Well, the cover is really cool. We're going to put it in our podcast, the cover art. Oh, yeah. The picture is really cool on the cover. It looks like an old, to me, it looks like a Depression-era boy sitting in front of an old screen door with a dog kind of sitting on his yeah, lap. Yeah, it looks like he's got some overalls <laughs> on and he has no shoes on. So yeah. So, definitely reminds you of the South. Definitely. And one thing I do like about the book, just to jump ahead... Mm -hmm. There are some really cool pictures. Of course, all the mm -hmm. pictures are kind of uh, vintage, and they're all with people in different, you know, different time periods with their dogs. So, if nothing else, the book is worth it just to have those pictures, I feel like. Yeah, the pictures are all really old. And they made a point uh, in the book, I think it was in the Ford, it said that, it's full of these great pictures, but they don't actually correlate to the stories. Right. But they still add, still add some uh, interest to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're talking about the cover, and you and I, I both agree that's a very cool cover. Mm -hmm. The um, colors are amazing. Yeah. I was talking to Joy before the podcast about the old saying, never judge a book by its cover. I asked her, what do you think that means? So, what what do you think that means? Yeah, you just can't judge. Like, you can look at this book and go, wow, that's a really cool cover. I bet that's going to be an awesome book, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an awesome book. Mm -hmm. And it is funny because many times I will choose books just by their cover, mm -hmm. just to only be disappointed, you know? Yes, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you really can't judge a book by its cover. So, that was a great segue, Joy, because even though the the cover is really awesome and it's great, and, and just, okay, just the title ghost dogs of the south okay mm -hmm. ghost dogs cool right you know, south wow cool cool that's the cool factor is like all over the place right <laughs> but where i messed up and i learned a hard lesson and, mm -hmm. and y'all can already get the where i'm heading with this not crazy about the book okay mm -hmm. but i'm an idiot because on the back cover it actually states that this book is about southern folklore yes okay that's real important to know that okay because Folklore is not even, to me, folklore is not even the same as fiction. It's, right. It's like an exaggerated form of fiction. Right. Right. And if you know me, which you do, <laughs> I am not a fan of anything that's not real or could not possibly be real. Yeah. That's kind of how I am. I've never been crazy about folklore. But there were several stories in this book that really just kept my attention. And I wanted, and I, to me, were very, even though I knew it was folklore, mm -hmm. they were very interesting. Because what I've read is... 
many times folklore is based on truth. There's some nugget of truth in there, and the story's <laughs> the story's been carried down through the yeah. The story's been told usually, you know, verbally yeah. through the ages, and then it gets embellished as it goes. Uh, they're okay. There you go. So it's kind of <laughs> like. Grandpa tells a story, and by the time it gets down to his dad, it's even exaggerated. And by the time it gets down to the grandchild, it's exaggerated yes, even more. And the yes. reason I was chuckling at you is because when you said there's like a nugget of truth in there, you well, said chuckle. <laughs> so sorry, sorry. That's one of those words on my hate list. <laughs> <laughs> like Cambry doesn't like the word moist. I don't either. So chuckle moist. You know, moist is one of the top words that people don't like. No, I did not know that. Well, it's funny because I was in a college class one time, and we were. It was a writing, creative writing class. I know I'm getting off topic here. Rabbit trail. Go ahead. But we had, but we had to talk about words we hated. Oh. And one of her words was tummy. <laughs> and one of mine was chuckle. I will never use that word in it's a sentence a again. It's a free country. You can use chuckle all you want. But I don't know why that word just hits a wrong chord with me. Okay. But well, hey, you use it all you want. Well, okay. Well, the reason I was laughing at you is we'll get into a little bit more. You're talking about how there being a, some truth. Do you like the word nugget? I said nugget of truth. Nugget of truth. <laughs> I can handle that. Okay. So we'll get into why I was laughing a little bit later. For starters, have you read the entire book? Okay. So oh, wait, let me mention the book is made up of a bunch of different stories. Right. It's not just one continual story. It's it's a it's a collection of stories. Right. So have you read the whole book or have you just read a few? Okay, of the so I've been racking my brain, you know, oh three, this is we're at the end of twenty twenty two, so we're talking nineteen, almost twenty years. Mm. I could wow. almost swear when I got it that I read it cover to cover. And I remember really liking the book. I really liked mm. it. Mm. But for this podcast <laughs> You know, she marked three stories that stood out to her. So I reread the three stories. And it's like, you know how something's kind of vague? You're like, yeah, I think I remember this, but I'm not 100% sure. They they seem vaguely. It's funny how our memory works. Yes. I think I've read the whole book, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, so the books <laughs> that you read, I, I did. I, I actually did read the whole book. And I, I, I knew Joy didn't really have time to read the whole book again. And so I thought, well, I'll just pick up two or three stories that I thought would uh, I thought they were really good stories and so, some of the better stories some the of the book. better stories yeah so what what did you like about the stories I just love that obviously they're all set in the south and there's el all the elements you know they, there's a lot of southern elements you know the civil war was in one of the stories I'm trying to think what else I don't know. Basically, that they were all set in the South. Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm not a fan of folklore, but the things that I did like about the stories was that the uh, historic settings, like you just said. So there were a lot of historic elements in the stories, such as like a one of them was set in a coal mine. Mm -hmm. It's about this ghost dog that's after he dies, he saves these coal miners' lives, and then he reappears after he dies. And even, and even after he dies, he there's a couple more times that he that they claim he saved some lives. I'll have to reread that one because yeah. that's interesting. I think to it was me. called Something's Bell. I can't remember. And then, um, of course, like you said, there was a couple stories that involved the Civil War, but but a lot of the stories just simply involved what I would call backwoods type people, like you know, very simple, kind of like what in Arkansas what they would call hillbillies, maybe. So, and can I just yeah. I just have one little passage I wanted to read while we're talking about the you know one mm -hmm. of the stories was set during the Civil War mm -hmm. and I just thought this was really interesting. It says vestiges of our country's war with itself exist both north and south of the Mason Dixon line. 
It is a grim fact of our nation's history that 660,000 men perished in the war between the states. As many as 500,000 American dogs were left without their masters. Mm. Moses was not one of them. This is the end of the story about a dog who waited for his owner to come back from the war. And, of course, the owner gets killed in the war. But 500,000 dogs left without their masters. I never... You think about the war and the toll on the people, but I never thought about the dogs. Yeah, and that was one reason I picked that story, because that's one of my favorite stories. Because I was thinking the same thing. You know, you had all these dogs who suffered as well. I know it sounds funny for people who mm -hmm. maybe aren't animal lovers, but they suffered too, just like people did when, when that... Like that dog in particular waited on his owner to come back day after day after day from the Civil War. So was there anything you didn't like about the stories? Some of the stories were a little far-fetched, but you know it's folklore. They started out good, and you're like, ooh, this is kind of creepy, and ooh, the setting's really cool, and ooh, what's going to happen next? And the next thing you know, it's kind of so far-fetched, all you can do is chuckle. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Or maybe roll your eyes <laughs> yeah. or something. All right, so... I kind of liken these to, like, you're watching a really good horror movie, mm -hmm. and everything's, oh my gosh, it's so suspenseful, and it's really good, the setting's awesome, the writing's awesome, and then next thing you know, they're showing Jaws full body up on the deck, and it's not scary anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> yeah, like they, exactly. So, or it's some zombie, weird yeah. zombie coming up. Yeah. It's like, it's not, it's always super scary until you see what it is. The well, and then when they, were, the when they actually hit... I don't know what that would be called, but anyway, when they actually reveal what's actually going on, you're, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, I'm sorry, I just couldn't help but roll my eyes. I'm like, this yeah. is, it was so far-fetched. It's less is more. Yes, yeah, less yes. is more. So, it, with this and with scary movies. Like, there's one story in there in particular, and the dog, he has some type of problem with his throat, and the, and the story goes, and it just drags on and on and on. Well, next thing you know, the dog's talking. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, I just wasted my whole, however long it took me to read that story to see that the dog's talking. <laughs> and then another one, he, it, the whole story is this long, drawn-out story about this guy's building a boat. Well, next thing you know, the dog's flying or piloting this flying boat. Okay. It's so the too, stuff that's fantasy yes. is not quite our style. We want it to be yes, more uh, down to earth and realistic. I want I want to read something that even though it might be a little far fetched, mm -hmm. it could actually be possible yes. that it happened. But in these stories, not possible. Right. Okay. Like I was going to tell one more example. Well, I don't know the one about the Edisto Island with the the dog waiting for the soldier um that one was very plausible and yeah there was a few I, it was I guess. very believable like one of the last stories in the book it's about this dog who's kidnapped by a mermaid and he lives with the mermaid under the creek right just give me back my time you know what i mean i'm like it was just so stupid i mean and i mean i literally was thinking that's 10 minutes of well, my that's life i'll never we gotta get go back, back anyway to, the cover says clearly it's folklore it's folklore and yeah. you know folklore you're gonna have some far-fetched yeah. stuff so we should have known that just <clears throat> to sum it up the beginnings of the stories were always really good and then the endings were they were uh so far-fetched they were no longer entertaining not all of them though not no not all of them but, some of the stories but were you only read three of them <laughs> okay. you're right okay uh, in all fairness you're right the majority of the stories were very far-fetched okay, yeah. anyways in conclusion the the book was too silly for me um and now like i said, said silly oh my goodness <laughs> 
okay. I'm being, she said all my trigger words. I am being judged today for my for the <laughs> my word choice today. It's okay. Um, I, well, what word would you use besides silly? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> silly is the perfect choice. There's I mean, no other way to describe and, it. And like Joy was saying earlier, well, it's good if it has a nugget of truth in it. And I kept thinking. Yes, there was a couple of stories that maybe could have happened, like especially right. with you know you can't explain a lot of these ghosts and stuff. Right. But even if it had been like urban legend, I could have handled that. Right. But I've just totally finally come to the conclusion that I am not a fan of folklore. Of folklore. Okay. Yeah. Now I will say this: I did look at some reviews because okay. I was just curious. I'm thinking, okay, what did people say right. about this book? You know, and I was amazed. There was a couple like page long reviews about someone gushing and going on and on about how much they love this book and i kept thinking okay this is either the author's relative or somebody oh, in the publishing company well they're yeah. angie just because we don't like it doesn't mean <laughs> other people can't like it okay it's just like science fiction and fantasy i don't usually like fan i do not like fantasy i do I not either. like that genre but it doesn't either. mean other people can't appreciate it okay like joy it. is convinced me <laughs> is that a word you like convinced yes, okay, okay she's convinced me that just because I don't like it doesn't mean you guys won't like it. Now, one person did say their review was one word. It just said boring. Oh, <laughs> so, see, I didn't yeah. think the stories I read yeah. were boring at all. Yeah, like I said, if I could take the settings mm -hmm. and the characters and yeah. make them more believable. And, okay, let's just say this. Can someone out there write another ghost dogs of the south book one that's actually plausible and could you know take out the the tall tale part of yes. it yes yeah yes if someone I could do that with you 100 someone do that and i will read if that book and i will love it and i will recommend dogs, it yes if someone, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head that's a book i want to read yes. ghost dogs of the south not folklore actual stories that people have told about yes. ghost dogs and without the mermaids and yeah without kidnapping uh, the dog and going under the creek and living and under the creek yeah <clears throat> yeah all right how many uh, ghost dogs do you give this? so i'm gonna give it three three ghost dogs but <laughs> <laughs> let me say this though okay. i only reread those three stories and yeah. those were three of the better ones you they said they were yes and they if were. i went back and reread the whole book i might give it a different rating but just from yeah. those three stories i yeah. really enjoyed reading them and i and will I and i'm gonna admit this i may eat crow someday i have read stories that i absolutely detested yes and went back years later and read it and liked it yes and because of just it depends our, on where you're at in your life yeah. your maturity level yeah there are books that i'm sure i read and when i was younger that i hated that i'd probably love now and i'll be honest with you most of these stories i was trying to get them in for this podcast i was, right. trying, I was wanting to read the whole book just for the podcast so you know it was more of a less of a pleasure read than more of a, i felt like i had to right. so maybe that affected my judgment yeah. but anyway i'm gonna give it two and a half and the only reason why I gave it two and a half was because the poor author spent so much time Aww, researching probably. and doing. I have to give them, you know, some recognition. I mean, at least you didn't give them a and, one. Yeah, and and honestly, okay, and and going back to the historical part of the book, like you said, a lot of these probably were based in actual events, possibly mm -hmm. or history. They had to start somewhere. They did. Yeah, I agree. And so. That was interesting to me just to see the foundations for the stories, if that makes sense. Yeah. All right. So that's all I had to say about Ghost Dogs of the South. I uh, don't recommend it. Well, we hope we gave you a few chuckles about oh. these silly stories. <laughs> yeah. Joy is... I'm sorry. Joy I'm is saying... Nazi. Joy's the word Nazi today. So, so I don't recommend the book. 
Joy's saying give it a chance. I'm Sounds saying like if you're you like that. dogs yeah. and you're interested in folklore, yeah, mm -hmm. give it a chance. Hey, if you see it like at that a yard a sale idea. for a dollar, oh. grab it. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a great idea. What's that? What if you and I wrote the book, another a book, and we put on Facebook or somewhere, mm -hmm. hey, get, do you have any ghost dog stories? Ooh. Share them. And we could write our own book. That's a great idea, We Joy. would not be. Seriously, people yeah. probably have tons. I mean, oh. how many times have you been sitting in a room and people start sharing <clears throat> ghost stories? Everybody well, has a ghost oh. story. Okay, and I have to admit, the one thing that oh. intrigued me about the book was I don't know. I've never heard a ghost story about a dog. Have you? Mm -hmm. So that really drew I me in because so. I thought that never even occurred to me that dogs have ghosts, you know what I'm saying, right, or right. spirits. I always just thought, you know, and so that's one reason I wanted to read the book was, and I have a feeling if we were ever haunted by a dog, it'd be these two little furballs <laughs> sitting here in the closet with us. But yeah. anyway, I, but have you, you've never had a... No, but I do have a story I want to share with the listeners because I just think it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Do we have time or do you need to get back no, to work? No, I think we're 18 minutes. Okay. Um, so, guys, thanks for joining in. If you don't want to hear the story, sign off now. But I just think this is the coolest story. So, Angie and Corby, you guys went on a trip somewhere. Oh, yeah. And you had a dog named Bo. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Bo loved you guys. He, Especially Corby, right? And let me just interject <clears throat> just so they'll know what type of dog he was. Mm -hmm. So, he was... Half wolf. No, I'm sorry. Uh, he had a quarter wolf, quarter Rottweiler, and some German Shepherd. Uh, yeah, he's a so pretty just, big dog. Just to let you know that he did have some wolf in him. So, yeah. this was many years ago. Mm. I don't know. Was Kate even born yet? I, it would have been probably 25 years ago. Yeah. Okay. And you and Corby went on a trip somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. So, Angie's going to know the story better than me. But I'm involved in the story, so I can tell part of it. So, they left Bo with Corby's parents, who at the time lived near a lake, uh, a Sugarloaf Lake, which was about... It was 18 miles from the town that we lived 18 in. 18 miles from the town we lived in at the time. Mm -hmm. And Corby called in the middle of the week to check on him. Mm -hmm. And they had bad news for us. He had escaped out of their... They had a pen mm -hmm. or, or a fence in their yard, but he had escaped from it. Okay. So, this is where it gets kind of crazy. I was living with mom and dad because I was a loser and lived with them until I was about 50. I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I, I, for whatever reason, I was at home living there and I was upstairs in the upstairs bedroom. And I don't know, I wish I had written this down because I can't remember this, but it was early in the morning. I'm talking like five in the morning. I think what it was is I heard my dog barking. So, I get up and I look out of that second floor window and I see a dog moving real slowly and kind of like I don't know how to explain it like nose to the ground not running and prancing almost like weary mm. I guess is the word I would use and he was kind of I said what whose dog is that and I realized it was Bo hmm. we're talking 18 miles guys well that's what interesting though is that Corby and I didn't even live there we lived in Greenwood at the time but the house, my mother's house, would have been actually been closer to where we had dropped him off at. So I went outside because I knew he was supposed to be down at Sugarloaf Lake. Mm -hmm. And he was covered, his whole coat was covered in mud and briars, sticks. It looked like he had been through hell and back, seriously. He had been on a long journey. He had been on a long journey. And my mind was blown because 
that means he had to go 18 miles through, and this is a lot of wooded area, creeks, woods. He, he had to have gone through a lot of fields, a lot of creeks. And had he been down there before? Had he been to... Yes, he had been there a few times. But just the fact that he knew, he instinctively knew, knew how to get to my parents' house. He instinctively house. knew how to get there 18 miles. Mm-hmm. I, and it wouldn't have been that long you know, because he was cutting through woods and stuff. But yeah. I just think that's fascinating that he. Now, I wonder knew. how many, how long it took him to get there. I just don't remember. I the know. Details, I wish but... we'd have written all this down. Like from the point he went missing till he showed up at our mom and dad's. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a fascinating story. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. yeah, like that's just one of our stories, and I feel like yeah. people, you know, all over the world would have fascinating stories about dogs, oh, yeah. and especially ghost dogs. That's why yeah. we wrote that book. Okay. That's a plan. That's a plan. Yeah. When we retire, we'll do that. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Twin Twin Talk. Talk.